Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Hello and welcome back to the Financial Coaches Podcast. My name is Cody Sizemore and I'm joined here by my lovely co-host, Maria Casillas, and we also have a very special guest today as well. But before we get to introducing him, I just want to make sure that I tell you guys that we know that there are a few of you, well, there's actually probably a lot of you at this point, who actually listen to us every single week. And we love you guys for that. Um, we actually have a name for you guys. We call you guys our every weekers, right? So, uh, you know, we see we see all the numbers and the analytics, and all that kind of stuff come in. And we just love to see, you know, this this show is getting more and more listeners every week. And, you know, we can't thank you guys enough for that. So we just want to take a moment and just appreciate you for that. And also invite you into a few things if you haven't been in there yet. So number one would be to join our Facebook group. It's free to join but it's a growing community full of really awesome, like-minded coaches. Uh, the group is called The Financial Coaches Community by New Money Habits. And you can just type that into Facebook, do a little search. You'll see it, join in, and it'll be a great time. So that's number one. And then number two, if you didn't see from a few episodes uh, in the past, we had actually recently launched a new program for anyone who's wanting to get started as a financial coach or to get their next client as a financial coach. And it's simply called getting started as a financial coach. So you can find that link to, you know, watch a free webinar about that to gain some more information, you know, kind of feel things out before you actually pull the trigger on that. Um, we'll put the link in the description below and, uh, yeah, you like check that out, dive in and let's get you started as a financial coach. So all that to be said, it is now time to pull back the veil and to introduce our very, very special guest. And I've been practicing his last name. I really hope that I got it, but I'm going to introduce him right now. Um, we're going to welcome in Patrick Debasista. Yeah, I'll let him say his own name. So Patrick Debasista, something like that, right? Um, and, uh, um, he's, he's great. You know, he, uh, he has his own, um, company out in Maltese. I believe that's what it is. Um, and it's called finance for you. And, uh, he has a really good story that he's going to be sharing about his journey of, you know, just being in this space of, you know, financial advising, financial coaching. Um, and then also we're going to talk about a few juicy subjects as well. So Patrick, why don't you actually say your actual name? introduce yourself a little bit so you know i i, I butchered it but man welcome to the podcast man we're happy to have you thank you so much cody maria no no you're you were close enough i must say cody you were there you were there Thanks. so <laughs> my name is patrick de batista <laughs> there it is i'm yeah i'm a full-time financial advisor and i've uh, studied and worked in finance for the past 20 years i've got um, two master's degrees I'm a uh, certified public accountant by profession and also a CFA, CFA charter holder, which is the world's um, gold standard in, in investing. <laughs> I've worked for the world's largest consulting firm. I've worked in private equity in Malta and in London. I've studied in Spain. Uh, I did business advisory most of my career and I've also worked in investment management. Anyway, I've, um, I've studied and worked with some of the best brains in the world. 
Um, I also lecture various MBA and, and master's courses uh, at, at university level. And um, yet, in all these years, not one person, not one course, not one colleague ever taught me about the concept of financial freedom or even how mm -hmm. to properly manage my personal finances. I, um, I had to stumble upon this through my aunt, who now lives in the Gold Coast in Australia. And um, she was the one who introduced me to the concept of financial independence. And that's how Finance for You started. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Is it okay if we just jump right into a couple things? Is that okay? Absolutely. All right. I would love to hear your personal definition of freedom and independence. You've used those two words interchangeably, and I don't know if they are interchangeable in your vocabulary, uh, but I would like to hear what is your definition of financial freedom or, and or independence? Sure. I guess uh, I do. Um, I am experiencing some extent of freedom right now because um, about a um, year ago, I did uh, quit my full-time corporate job. Uh, in uh, one sense, I wanted to uh, do something which makes an impact to society mm -hmm. rather than, you know, making rich people even richer. Mm -hmm. So uh, in that sense, it gave me the freedom to express myself and to really, to really make a difference to society through uh, my social media and so on. So um, through that, about a year ago, I achieved a sort of lean financial independence, if you like, which is when uh, you uh, do not sort of maintain a very high quality of life, but you kind of live below your means, but yet you still, um, you still achieve a level of self-sufficiency. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm trying to transition into what, what is called Coastify, which is through my work, through my coaching, and also through my various business ventures. I'll try and reach a certain material level of wealth to be able to coast through a semi or early retirement and use my savings to, to, to supplement that. But okay. I hope that the question. I think it did. Uh, it sounds like financial independence is kind of wrapped around the, the numbers piece of it. And then the financial freedom is more along the lines of what does that feel like? What does it actually mean to you? What are you able to do when you have that financial independence? So while they're not necessarily the same and interchangeable, they are definitely connected and related to each other. Yeah, that's, that's actually a great way of, um, of looking at it as well. Um, it, it also reminds me of the definition of uh, rich versus wealthy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because we think of... We think of rich people as uh, ones who sort of drive Lamborghinis and flash Ferraris and mm -hmm. this and that. Whereas when we think of wealthy people, we think of, you know, generally older ones who uh, are calm and sitting and not really working. So mm. rich to me sounds like more of a hustle, whereas wealthy is more, you know, uh, coasting. State of being. Yeah, coasting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you for letting me jump in right with that. I just, I, the reason that that's important is because I think especially you, you did not say fire, um, on the podcast, but it sounds like that's kind of similar to what maybe your aunt was suggesting. Um, uh, so I know that that can, like just hearing that the whole idea of financial independence retire early, it, 
if somebody has a different definition of retire or that, you know, they don't, they have a different idea of what that is for themselves, they might kind of repel the idea of retiring early. And so I just think it's so important to understand the foundation, the definitions. What do we mean when we say different words so that we can have a real conversation around those different things? So, so thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Yep. It all centers on your personal goals. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You had, um, now we didn't discuss this before we hopped on and started recording. It was honestly, we had a pretty brief introduction and we, we basically just said, Hey, we want to save everything for when we record. Right. <laughs> um, but you did mention that, um, you had a pretty interesting and kind of cool journey as far as, uh, you know, starting your, your company finance for you. And I'm pretty curious to see like what that's all about. So do you mind just kind of unpacking that a little bit? Yeah, 100%. Um, so I kind of started my journey the other way around, if you like. So I mm -hmm. was still in my corporate job and um, I was seeing a bit of a disconnect in, um, let's call it society and in social media, where you see, you know, I studied finance my whole life and, um, and, and my reality was very different from the reality I was seeing on social media. So from the extreme of TikTok, where you'd see nothing but get rich quick schemes, for example, or content that's only tailored to an American audience like you guys, <laughs> to, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the very polished version on, on uh, LinkedIn, which is also, in my view, not really 100% representative of, of, of what I was truly experiencing. So. I felt there was nobody speaking to the middle ground. Um, coupled with that, it, it, it is quite shocking that um, as a society, at least in Malta, we were never given any uh, personal finance course. And I, I like to use the analogy that, in fact, I just, I just um, finished from a client call today with a person who has a PhD in, in, in ICT, and she was never exposed to a personal budget. So you can study all the way up to PhD level and not even have any background in personal finance. So finance for you, it kind of morphed into as, as it gained traction. I mean, my, my first mission was to uh, demystify and democratize personal finance to these people. Um, and then on the other hand, as sort of interest kept coming, uh, it, it kind of turned into a boutique offering um or for businesses and and people to to plan ahead and plan their financial futures mm. Mm. so boutique in in what way exactly can you unpack that a little bit 100 so boutique in the sense that um i as an individual i understand sort of the struggles the day-to-day -day struggles of that that people actually face i mm -hmm. am um, not a faceless soulless corporate body that um you know has sort of a, a team beneath me that 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 I delegate work to but rather I am one very hands-on with with my clients and uh two I feel that at least in Malta we we still do not have a holistic let's call it financial coaching service where you'd start from the actual nuts and bolts and bare bones of 
budgeting and and, and using cash, using an, an emergency fund, building a buffer between you and life up to all the way up to, you know, potentially suggesting investments. So it's always like either investment management, discretionary or advisory, where you'd also pay hefty fees as a client or more traditional business advisory, if you like. There is no offering that gives, you know, the whole 360 uh, degree degree view of someone's finances, which is what I'm trying to achieve. Hmm. Okay. So you're kind of like three in one. You're able to offer all of those because you're super smart and educated and, and have all of those certifications. I, I wouldn't be able to do that because I'm not licensed in all of that here. Um, so, so you got all of those licenses and was able to do that. What do you, um, what do you think is your favorite part of the coaching side of that? Oh, a hundred percent. In fact, the, the first call I had today was, uh, with someone who, uh, whose goal, whose dream is to buy a second property in Rome, in Italy. Okay. So the privilege to be able to be entrusted mm -hmm. uh, with a person's financial dreams and goals is what makes this all really worthwhile. Mm -hmm. Would you say, Patrick, that most people come to you for financial coaching and then you're able to use your financial advising to help them with that? Or do they come to you with financial advising and you realize that there's an opportunity to help coach them in that? Oh, no, they actually come to me uh, with a pretty clear goal in mind. Okay. Uh, I am quite visible in social media and I share quite a bit. So okay. I'm quite, uh, people know me pretty well from my content. So I kind of guide them mm -hmm. without knowing through my content. So they, they come to me. I mean, every client is different, but they come to me with a pretty, let's say, uh, quite, quite a clear brief. You know, I want to do this. I want to set up that. So I would think, uh, although the conversation does evolve, it'll be quite a, quite a clear brief. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. You mentioned a little bit earlier that some of the content that you saw that didn't really set in for you was like US specific. I admittedly don't know a whole lot about Malta or how things work over there. Uh, would you like to share with our audience where that is, by the way? I did look it up first, so I actually do have an idea, but I don't know if anyone else does. Sure. So uh, Malta is a sunny Mediterranean island just below Italy. Mm -hmm. And uh, we. Uh, speak we speak in english and maltese which is our our language that resembles arabic if you like we speak italian okay. as well due to close proximity mm -hmm. and um if you were to look at our uh, history we were colonized by various sort of superpowers uh, the last being the british so so that's where we get our our financial system from okay so it looks very similar to the british financial system Yes, exactly. Okay. In fact, we have a um, we have a welfare state. We have a pension pension system, a state pension system, that, uh, in my view, is as it stands, not really sustainable. And in fact, fifty six percent of the population uh, will or state that it will rely only on a state pension going forward, which is a very dangerous, uh, mm. dangerous statistic. And yeah. that's where I come in. <laughs> I hope. Yes. Yeah. 
Go ahead, Cody. I was just going to say, I mean, that's, that's why it's so important for, you know, people such as yourself to help people, you know, so that, so that they don't have to rely on, you know, the pension, you know? Um, Cause like you said, it's, it's dangerous when it gets to that place. Um, so I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, there was actually one other thing that you had said earlier that I think we should really talk about, which, you know, you mentioned, you were talking about the disconnect that you saw, right? So whether it be with society or through social media, um, you know, one of the things that you mentioned was there was just a lot of stuff out there for like get rich quick stuff and stuff like that. And, you know, everyone sees that everyone sees that like it's literally all over the place. It's like littered on the internet. Right. <laughs> but the other one that, that, I, that really stood out to me was that you said that no one really taught you. No one really taught people in general about personal finance as they were growing up. Like it's not in our school systems. You know, we have to rely on our parents and sometimes they don't even know what they're doing or if they do know what they're doing, they're not the best teachers, like all that kind of stuff. Right. So I, I think that we should talk about that because in my mind, I mean, that's why we're all doing this. Like we're all helping people with their finances, whether it be in the advising corner or the coaching corner, we're all helping these people because of that very fact, right? Like we just weren't taught this growing up. We weren't taught this in the school system. So I guess like my question for you, man, is what do you see being like the biggest duty or the biggest responsibility for someone in this space, like in the financial coaching space to kind of stand up for these people and just say, Hey, like, this is important and this is why we need to get this figured out, right? Like what's the biggest duty or the biggest responsibility behind that, do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so in a, in a very small island like Malta, which by the way has less than half a million population, mm -hmm. <clears throat> the beauty of it is that through your actions, you can influence sort of policy at a, at a national level. So, so with my little <laughs> social media channel, I've been able to to get across quite a wide cross section of, of society. Uh, the, the, probably the biggest responsibility that I feel and I, I need to fight, fight it myself. And probably I need someone like, like Maria's coaching to, to help me with that <laughs> is the fact that I feel such a deep, passionate responsibility <laughs> in the sense that I feel, I don't know how it is with you guys, but I feel I'm holding like, people's dreams in the palm of my hand. Hmm. partly because I'm so passionate and obsessive about, you know, helping people grow financially, but also because, you know, money is such an intimate subject to discuss and we never spoke about it. Money is the root of all evil, right? They said uh, that when people unpack these money issues that they have, they are bearing their soul. If you like, they're bearing their most, their deepest, darkest, you know, factors which they would never have um, spoken about at, at home. So that is the main responsibility, I feel. Mm. Well, I, I, yeah. I certainly don't want to correct somebody who knows how to speak like four languages, um, yes. because I certainly don't. 
But it's actually the love of money that is the root of all evil, not money itself. And that yes, I, the only, Bible. I only, yes, I only point that out because there is a big distinction in that. Um, and it actually brings me to a question that I was writing as you were talking. And it goes back to the idea that, that uh, Malta is a more of a welfare state and they're relying on pensions. I think you said like 56% of people or something were relying on that. So this is a psychology question that I have for you. It's, it's in the realm of coaching. And, and obviously, Cody, I want you to weigh in on this as well. How do we coach somebody to crave independence when they have been basically told their whole lives that they're able to rely on someone else, namely the government or, or anybody else for that matter? Uh, should, should I go or, or will you coach? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, go, go for it. I have my own thoughts, but go for it, man. Man. Well, firstly, <laughs> firstly, yes, that saying was coined by St. Paul, who actually was shipwrecked in Malta and gave, uh, you know, gave our island our religion, if you like. And that's actually in the Bible. Wonderful. <laughs> Let's look at that little connection there. It that's really cool. is a sweet connection. Yes, yes. Uh, Very cool. Secondly, the, uh, yeah, your, your, your question is, is a bit more complex because it requires a whole cultural shift. And the mindset shift in a population that's, that's been, in my view, almost pampered into a cozy retirement mm -hmm. that has been there for decades on end. So mm -hmm. we need to sort of realize, because in my view, in my view, this pensions time bomb is an existential topic, the likes of which, you know, climate change or AI should be on the same, on the same level. Uh, and, and yet we seem to be blind to it, possibly because our political system, you know, only enables uh, people to be in power for five years. You know, pensions are a long way away. So the buck, you know, tends to get passed, uh, passed. So I think, I think more than anything, there needs to be a whole, a wholesale consensus across you know the whole country that we need to we need to start getting people financially educated investing putting our money where where our mouths are uh, in actually educating people to become self-sufficient mm -hmm. because the consequences are severe poverty <laughs> okay so, so so you you spoke very macro right we're talking about having to change the whole the whole yep. culture uh, and individually i suppose with the rippling effect we can absolutely do that and it starts with one person and so that's what i'm curious about when we are sitting knee to knee or you know computer screen to computer screen with the people that we are working with and we know that they have that mindset of just waiting for somebody else to take care of them. How do we coach that individual? How do we help them to develop that sense of desiring that independence? And then they, once they do that, then they can start, you know, rippling that effect, but they have to want that for themselves first. And that's really the question. How do we start to draw that out of them? I'm, I'm going to weigh in here, please. Um, now, I'm going to put a disclaimer out here. Uh, I think that what it really boils down to is the traditional views on human biology. Now, traditional is the key word there, because I don't want to get in trouble here. Um, <laughs> so, so basically, like, 
the the problem at hand is hey we're relying on the government we're relying on someone else to take care of us and our family and our future family our our legacy that's really what we're kind of like talking about over here and it's like we can't do that because of something that you know Patrick is talking about which he said it's a ticking time bomb for poverty right mm-hmm. so it's like okay if that's the actual reality of the situation and who knows how 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 many years in the future a year 5 10 like who knows how long but that does sound like it's it's the it's the track that's going down we have to kind of look at look at this and be like okay so traditionally speaking like as a, as a man like our responsibility is to protect our family and to provide for our family you know and then on on the woman's side it's to nurture the family right? Traditionally speaking, traditionally speaking, traditionally speaking, right? <laughs> so, so with all that to be said, <laughs> with all that to be said, there's a lot in there because on the, on, you know, on a man's side, it's like, okay, we have to protect and provide. And if we are going to just rely on the government, you know, like that's not good enough. You know, like we have to, we have to actually protect our family and we have to take responsibility of that. That is the responsibility. That is the duty, right? Is to take responsibility and duty of that, take it in our own hands and actually like make something of this so that we can ensure that, hey, if the government figures their stuff out, great, awesome. If they don't figure it out, no sweat, you know, because I figured it out, we figured it out, right? And then on, on you know, the, the wife's side or, or, you know, the woman's side, the nurturing side of things, that's where this whole conversation comes into play with like, we were never taught this, like all this kind of stuff, like let's nurture our kids and actually teach them about these things in a wise and, and, you know, competent manner so that they don't have to have this generational curse of financial, you know, uh, financial, uh, ignorance, I guess you could say for generations, like let's break that pattern. Let's nurture these kids up. And if, you know, we come together and we, combine forces with that and we put it all together this whole idea of like the pension collapse or you know and we even have stuff like this in the states right like there's stuff like that comparable over here this whole idea of like relying on the government relying on outsized forces relying on someone else really shouldn't matter and it's because it started with the individual just deciding to turn that page and create a new legacy and that's where i think like all this comes full circle to say like hey that is the duty. Like that is the responsibility of what we all do on this podcast and what we all do listening to this podcast, which is providing financial, you know, information and financial knowledge and financial wisdom to people one person at a time, because it, like you said, Maria, it does start with the individual. And then like you said, Patrick, it then expands and has that ripple effect from person to person to person. So that's my two cents on that. I wonder how many every weekers we lost. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's fine. <laughs> no, I, I'm totally kidding. And I, I don't disagree. Uh, I Speaking of coming full circle, I think that when we talked earlier about the definitions of financial freedom and financial independence, I think that's partly where we can start with people that are need to need with us. If they don't understand, like, if they don't have any idea of what financial independence feels like or financial freedom feels like for them, 
And they're just latching on to the definition that's been fed to them, whether it's from the government or from their parents or from social media, wherever that is, they're not owning that. And then they're not able to really like, there's no motivation. There's no incentive to actually go and find that. But if we can help them to identify what it is for them, like what, what is that emotional connection? Cause I think so many times we, we talk about, you know, the freedom, I'm sorry, the, the independence. And we talk about like, what, what do the numbers look like? But that's just numbers on paper. And as an, as an accountant and as somebody who works with people and their, their numbers, I know, Patrick, you probably see that a lot. It's like, I mean, we talk to our financial advisor and, you know, I don't, I'm not one to sit and look at all of the things that we have. And so, you know, he'll do a quarterly setup or where we kind of look at everything and he'll say, you know, when are you ready for your thing? I'm like, you know what? I mean, you can talk to my husband right now. I just, it's not something that I need to see on paper at this moment. And that's because I'm not emotionally connected to that. But you start talking about the things that are closer to home, you know, what are the things that we value? What are the things that we want to do? How, how do we want our family to operate day to day? Now that's where I'm going to put a lot of my, my time and focus because that's where that that's where the emotional part of it is. And so going back to what Cody was talking about, I mean, like the traditional, traditional, traditional rose, um, we, <laughs> we, uh, I think oftentimes need to tap into that emotional piece of it. Females especially are very emotional beings, whether we, whether we admit it or not. Uh, and, and that's how you can get some buy-in from them because it's like what, how, not only the legacy on paper, but what, what are people going to say about you? How will your, how will your family be, you know, when you are no longer here? That all plays into this whole financial picture for so many people, for everybody, but so many people don't realize that. So I think that's one place to start. Um, you know, I definitely identifying those roles and what people do because that helps to create those new habits that we want them to create. But first, get that emotional buy-in from them. Mm-hmm. That's why our financial coach is so important as well. I think it's our it's our duty to to get this point across um, society one person at a time. I agree because there is, as Cozy rightly said, it's financial illiteracy. So if we don't kind of show it to them, then then how are they going to know? Because you can't find, there's probably the carrot and the stick, right? Uh, social media is probably sensationalizes, I would say. And also the news, you know, they, they tend to get negative, negative, negative news. And mm-hmm. that works, you know, it is mm-hmm. most likely, go, we are most likely going to face a pensions catastrophe if we continue this this route. Uh, but uh, at the same time, there's also the, the carrot we can, we can potentially dangle, which is, you know what? Instead of living uh, on a less than minimum wage, which is which would be a state pension in, in Malta, you know you could achieve uh, these dreams. You could you have your children um, live in in relative relative wealth. You know much better than you have a better life than you. So so you can also usher them into a world of their dreams, if you like. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I think it's also helping to teach people to think for themselves. I think that's where so much of of that dependence comes from is that we are relying on the thoughts and ideas of other people and we just accept things at face value when if we were 
if we were a little bit more educated, and I don't mean university educated, I mean just educated in knowing how to ask questions, draw things out of people, figure out, like really unpack things and go, what what is really at the root of some of this? If we were able to do that a little bit more, I think that we would be a little bit more, I don't want to say skeptical, but we would certainly question more things and then be able to insert our own opinion about certain things. And then we wouldn't be quite as easily led, I'm going to use that word, uh, down the wrong paths. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It's all about education. Yeah, I I definitely agree as well. So, I mean, I I think that what this conversation as a whole has really, really brought, you know, forward to me. And this is something that, like, you know, I knew, but it's just good to have this conversation because, you know, every now and then you get into your – day-to-day processes and things just kind of start to disconnect, you know? So like the number one thing that for me that this conversation brought back to the forefront of my mind is that when it comes to financial coaching, you know, this is not just a job, you know, it's not just a career. It's not just a business. It's not just a way to, to make money. You know, it's, it's a way to really, make an impact. You know, it's a way to like really change, not just our, you know, one person, but I mean, so far as even to like change our communities, change our, you know, our states, our regions, our country, you know, and like, it all starts with one person. And if you can just help one person, then maybe they can help one person. And if those two people can help two more, and then those four people can help four more, like, you know, like it's just starting, right? So that's what's really brought, you know, been brought to the forefront of my mind is like anyone who wants to step into this space or anyone who already has stepped into this space, just realign yourself with the purpose of it. You know, like it's, it's bigger than you, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's bigger than your client. Like this is, this is like a, this is like a duty, you know, and, and it's, and it's a really, really amazing opportunity for you to just like wear that on your chest and to make that impact, make that change. Because like, we need that, like as a society, like we need that now more than ever. So, you know, even if you're just someone who's listening, who hasn't started, and you're thinking, well, is this really for me? I'll tell you what, man, you know, like if, if you're good at finances a little bit, and you're good with people a little bit, it's probably for you. And there's probably people out there that are really wanting and needing your your help. So go do it. And Cody, yeah. I can assure you that if I uh, were in it for the money, I would not be doing this. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I probably got uh, the, the, the worst of both worlds where uh, I teach, I lecture, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm a financial coach. So the opportunity cost is doubly big. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, as you were talking, I was reminded of the starfish uh, analogy. I'm sure you've heard that story about the little boy walking down the beach and and the man watching him from afar. And every once in a while, he would like see the little boy go down and and then come back up. And then he'd see him go down to the sand and come back up. And as he kind of caught up to the little boy, he said, you know, what are you doing? And he said, well, I'm taking the starfish and I'm throwing it back into the water because if it, if it stays out here and when the tide goes back, it's going to die. And the, the man looks around the beach and says, but there are 
a million starfish here. You're never going to be able to make a difference. And the little boy looked at him and he bent back down, picked up a starfish and threw it into the ocean and said, it made a difference for that one. Mm-hmm. And I, and I share that because while you are absolutely correct that this is bigger than us, we don't want that sense to scare you away from doing the, the small thing that you're able to do. You know, no, we're not going to be able to individually pick up all those starfish and throw them back into the ocean. Um, and maybe your business, if you're looking at doing this, maybe your business will look different than any one of us sitting on here. All three of us have different looking businesses. I can guarantee you that. Um, but if, if you get so scared by the idea of, oh, it's just impossible. So why even try? Then, then it's never going to work for the one who needed you in that moment. So, so we do encourage you. And like Cody said, if you're a little bit good with finance and a little bit good with people, maybe your financial coaching is not necessarily a business at all. Maybe it's just you having conversations with people, but you are a financial coach. If you're listening to this podcast and you're doing that work, you are coaching people in the finance world. So just, just remember that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Patrick, man. Great conversation. Uh, I know that the listeners are definitely going to probably replay this one a few times. So uh, it was a blessing to have you on, man. Uh, love what you're doing out there. Uh, keep it up. I mean, it's very clear that you're very passionate about everything. And, you know, we need more people like you, you know. So yeah. um, just happy to have you on today. And, and hopefully it was a good experience for you. I don't know. I mean, like, you know, on the phone with a bald guy, you know, it's, it's kind of weird. He's over here rocking a really good set of hair, you know. And he's, I'm got, like, he's got more hair than I do. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was fun, and we appreciate it. Thank you. Now, you haven't seen the back of my head. <laughs> ah, okay. All right. Well, you'll be joining the club soon. So. Two, two quick things. One, I just want to let our audience know that Patrick found us by listening to us. So if you are interested, if you have something that you'd like to bring to the table, feel free to reach out to us. We do have a lot of spammy people reach out to us. We don't have all of them on the on the podcast, just so you're all aware. Um, but Patrick actually is a listener and was able to let us know some of the things that he really appreciated. And that's why we wanted to have him on. Um, secondly, Patrick, can you share with others where they can find you? Sure. I'm uh, Finance For You, uh, three words, on Instagram, uh, on YouTube, and on TikTok. Okay. Finance For You. And guys, keep up the great work. I, I think what you're doing is really cool. And um, it's across the pond, across the Atlantic as well. So there you yeah, are. Yeah, that's right. It's incredible. <laughs> We appreciate you. All right. Thanks so much for reaching out to us. You guys, thanks again for tuning in this week. We will see you next week for another episode of the Financial Coaches Podcast. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.